Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbins. Uh, I, I want to show you something. Why, why God espouses his goodness and just something late this morning. I didn't, didn't cross my mind until the last minute that I want to research for next week of the attributes that God lists about himself. His goodness surfaces over and over. But I want, next week I'll have a comparison. In other words, he describes himself as holy this amount of times, or as a God who is mercy, or a God who is good. I I really want to know, uh, and the critical passages, I'm reading through all the passages about goodness, having a blast doing that. Um, But as we come to this, something I did not notice until this last time through. Um, Hannah, can you get up Genesis 3? And we're going to start at verse 1. And I'm just going to say this and leave it hanging to whet your appetite. Because it's why even believers, even believers, um, matter of fact, there are things, I'm going to wait to name the things I was going to name. Right here in this household of faith, have you ever heard someone say, oh, okay, I'll use Brenda and me, you know? Um, we were in a, a head-on car collision. The car was totaled. Uh, we were injured, but not in death-threatening, uh, life-threatening injuries. And you would hear people say, oh, man, thank God. He's, isn't God good? Isn't God good? And I just want to ask this question. I'll dig into it next week. Would God not have been good if we had not survived that crash? Is God not good? Would you have said, no, God's not good? You know, we don't say that. But we do label the things, God's good. We, we fail. Let me tell you something. If God never blessed you one more time, if God never healed you or touched your body or your children or your parents or your family, if God never blessed you in some tangible way uh, with health or finances or relationship or job or whatever, if God never did another one of those things. Beloved, please hear me. The cross of Christ is the fulfillment of every attribute of God. I've never said that to you before. And I am going to do a series on how the cross was the final statement on holy. The cross is the final statement on worship. The cross is the final statement on good, if you have any question. But why does God pick this up? Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to go there right now, okay? And if you can get your binoculars out, we can read that together. um, Yeah, I love doing that. um, uh, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field. Here we go which the Lord God has made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? That was a statement of entrapment, by the way. The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. It's almost as if she says, Indeed. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. A big deal has been made about the fact that she adds to God's words, but we don't know that God didn't say that. Nonetheless, it's a fair observation about Uh, the danger of not knowing clearly what God said, uh, if that's the case. But let's keep going. The serpent said to the woman, you will surely not, surely will not die. 
<clears throat> now, whatever's happening, um, in fact, they will die. Whether he's arguing the other point, she said, he is contesting the direct words of God. The serpent said to the woman, you, will surely, you surely will not die. Next verse, please. God knows in the day thereof you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Here it goes. Knowing good. Good. Eleven times in the previous two chapters, God has been associated uniquely with good. Let there be light. It's good. Let there be water. It's good. Let there be plants. There was nothing good that transpired that God didn't do. There was, watch this, there was nothing that God did that wasn't good. Everybody got that? And only things happening in those first two chapters. And why do you think it is that that the adversary is going to attack? Because in a most pronounced fashion, the biggest question of our humanity, if you will, is, is God good? Is God good when I pray for that loved one and they're not healed and they go home to be with the Lord? I'm going to talk about that next week or maybe the week that follows that particular the aspect. How, how we gain a depth perception on that. But I, I want to give you some hope for where we're going to land next week. Um, I, I love that, that when, it, when this is described to us, oh, watch the very next verse. And here's what I had never noticed. I normally stop at five. Look at verse six. Um, it's coming. When the woman saw the tree was good. I never noticed that word until this time through. She looked, and the tree that God said is not good. She looked and made her own estimation that what God said was bad, she saw and decided it was good. She took on the capacity of redefining, instead of having a relationship with a God that was good, Satan offered them the power to make decisions to become their own God of good. I want you to get that. Instead of having a relationship with the God about whom, you know, the goodness of God, they traded the goodness of God to become their own God of good. Beloved, please hear me. If you live in the American culture, you deal with that mindset every week. And you're dealing with it more and more right now when culture around you is going to decide what is good. And even if it confronts what God has declared to be good, precious saints, hear me. I'd always like to just... Calm whatever, even though it's intense for me. It's intense because I believe people are being deceived into, not, into closing the door of redemption for people, essentially. I can't do that. You can show up because I believe that how we are created in terms of our created biological gender, watch this, please, is both an expression of God's will and an extension of God's nature. Scripture says that. It's an expression of God's will and an extension of his nature. If I am going to preach the word of God and the gospel, and by the way, people bring up, they brought up since the message about six weeks ago, the six passages, if you will, that allegedly refute what I just said, and they don't. You know, it would be an easier path to take to say, yeah, they're really right. It refutes what the Bible otherwise says uh, about same-sex relationships, homosexuality, or transgenderism. 
In culture today, that would be the path of least resistance. You know, you're right. But beloved, the redemption that I believe we sing, preach, and offer every week has a mandate. I can't decide this part of God is good and that part of God is not good because the moment that I start making decisions about what is good above, over and above what God has said is good, I begin to deny the nature of God, a God that is good. It is why it is so critical. It's why it's at the core of everything. And I want to, where we're going to land next week is this phrase, and it comes from Exodus 33. Read Exodus 33 this week. Moses says, remember we were talking about glory a moment ago? Moses says, He's in, he's in a place of crisis, conflict, and complexity. And he says, show me your glory, the essence of who you are. And God says, okay, I'll, I'll let you see my glory. I'll pass by. And when I pass by, watch this. After I have passed by, he does not say, you will know that I am awesome. You will know that I am holy. You will know that I am powerful. You will know that I am all loving. He says, you will know that I am. I'm good. Hebrews and Romans, we'll look at, and I, gotta, I just got to say this to you, because I know more people right now struggling in their faith with that recurring question, and why? It's right here. The very first thing stamped on fallen DNA, by the, using the word fallen, if you're new, I mean the book, the, the book of Genesis where my, mankind crashed and burns, and humanity is cursed with a curse. Part of that curse, watch me please, is this intrinsic question. Well, I don't know if you're as good as you said you are. On all of us, we're born with that stamped on our soul, perhaps above everything else, the inherent suspicion that God's intentions toward me are what that book says they are. As a believer, you'll struggle with it the next time you pray. I don't care what you say. I have met more good, solid believers. My mother, I just don't know another prayer world, but she would say this. She would say, well, you know, honey, we prayed, and they're going to be with the Lord. And she says, you know, in this instance, I really don't understand that. But God is good. You say, well, yeah, yeah, that's just small-minded religious denial, right? Well, God's good. We're going to dig into that in the next couple weeks about this God is good and beloved, why the devil wants to take from you what he took from the first humans. The very thing he took was the innate belief that there's a God that's good. The degree to which we centralize this God of mercy and watch what it does in our life we will become increasingly and overwhelmingly convinced. It is the God who reclaims good. When he says in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together, watch this, for your good and my purpose. Wait a minute. He doesn't say for God's good. It says for your good and God's purpose. Beloved, those are not separate things. They are one and the same. Listen to me. God's purpose in you and God's goodness to you are one and the same thing. We live in this life. I'm just going to stop. But I had to get you ready. Come ready next week, okay? And maybe Rhea won't choose songs that preempt my sermon. And we'll find out what the Spirit has to say. 
Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.